Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me slash discord. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wolves hiding nearby Whispering do or die Around me Not one single cry Can save this soul of mine From drowning Tripping from my You see darkness there against the, the night sky and the stars and the moon. You see the outline of the trees. Apart from that, it it just looks like woodland. Zeke, did you see these fairies? What are you talking about, Ollie? We've got more important things going on here. All right. Before we all retire for the night, can Bill dress those puncture wounds? Absolutely. And he'll also fetch some blankets to make sure Maggie stays warm. And yeah, I mean, you you probably want to give her you know some some sweet tea or something, um, yeah, and perhaps something to eat. I think I have some of those sweets left over. <laughs> oh God, yeah, tablet. That, that's 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 enough sugar to kill her. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can you can put Maggie to bed, and I mean, she falls asleep almost immediately. She seems exhausted, but otherwise okay particularly once you got the wounds bandaged up. Zeke, Mary, what type of nonsense are y'all filling this girl's head with? Listen, Ollie, I don't know what what your problem is, but we are going to get this figured out. Ollie, don't talk that way about Maggie. She's your blood, too. All right. Ollie walks up to his room and just, he he looks out the window one more time and goes to sleep. This is a very functional family we've established. (laughs) Can I roll to have Ollie fail at looking out the window? (laughs) He stares for he stares for two hours before realizing it's just a painting. (laughs) (laughs) Bill goes to bed with the intention of checking on Maggie's wounds in the morning, but he's pretty restless trying to figure out how she got them. Okay. 
then yeah, I mean, the following morning comes. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know what your plans are for the following day, because obviously, you know, there's a couple of you who perhaps want to at least, you know, start trying to get the shape of of your new jobs in the village, if if that's what you want to do the following day. But certainly, you know, if you sleep in for a bit and then check on uh, Maggie, barring the now scabbing wounds on her stomach, which are, you know, fairly small, they're like pinpricks, she seems fine. Uh, she is up and about probably earlier than most of you and, you know, poking around the kitchen looking for something to eat, and she seems fine. Is there any way for me to uh, to track down Dr. Boswell? Uh, to see if he's seen anything like this. If uh, Bill is going into the town, I'm going to go ahead and go with him. One, because I don't trust the old man uh, to tie his shoes correctly. And <laughs> two, I need to find a, a, a person to start buying livestock from and, and ways to do business around here. Sure. Okay. And how about Mary? Because... I, depending on what you want to do, you know, there, there is the school and they... I, you haven't necessarily arranged a firm start date because obviously these things are all tenuous with the move and so on. But you, certainly you had a letter suggesting that, you know, as soon as you were available to work, you should make your way to the Cullingston Primary School and introduce yourself to Mrs. Alexander there. Okay, Mary will go into town with her dad and brother to find the school. Okay, are you taking Maggie with you, or are you leaving her at home with her father? Send her into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can find Maven. <laughs> well, since the three men in this house are offering nothing to care for this child, I guess I'll take Maggie with me on my first day of work in a new country. <laughs> I'm the only one who is definitely staying at home doing nothing, because I have decided I'm going to become a farmer, but the thing is that I am generally incompetent at most things, and so I am really just sleeping in and not getting started on anything. Yeah, well, after all your adventures yesterday, you clearly need some of your tonic in order to you know, help get you through the day. That's what I kept telling myself as I chugged it. <laughs> I'm also worried about Maggie after yesterday, so I want to bring her along to take care of her. Okay. I don't like the idea of her staying at the house. Yeah, so I, the group of you go into town, I and mean, it's ten minutes' walk into the the centre of the village itself from your house. I mean, this is not a big village. And, you know, when you get there, I mean, it is pretty much just one road. Uh, there, there's a side road. I mean, there's a few residential houses uh, that are spread out. You know, it's not like terraces or anything there, you know all detached houses spread out with, with a bit of ground around them. There is a village shop come post office that you can see there. You know, on the far side, you can see that there's what looks like the village church. Not far away from that, you can see down the end of the road, there's a pub down there with a, a sign hanging outside that seems to have some kind of wizened figure drawn on it. Down one of the side streets, you can see a playground and a building that is almost certainly the primary school. And, yeah, not too far away, just opposite the, the village shop, you can see a, you know, one of these grey stone buildings 
with a sign outside that says surgery. All right, so uh, we'll go drop off Mary at the primary school, uh, Mary and Maggie, and then I'll take Bill over to uh, old Bob's house. So let's let's go with Mary for the moment, and we'll come back to the the two of you. Yeah, Mary, as you find yourself at the school, I and mean, this is a small school, I. Mean, it may not be any smaller than the ones you're used to, but, I mean, this is a small village, and it's obviously not just catering to the village, but also to the farms around. But even then, you know, it's you know a fairly small stone building with a couple of rooms in it, and there's a fairly basic playground outside with swings on it and uh, a little seesaw. And I mean, from, from the window, you can see that there is a room with a number of children who are sitting there you know, writing stuff with chalk on slates, and you can just about hear a woman's voice talking inside. I'm going to walk in the building through the front door. So, yeah, you go in, and, yeah, you know, there's a little sort of vestibule area, and you can see that there are a few doors. There's what looks like a second classroom there, and there's another door that, yeah, it, it doesn't have a sign or anything, but it, the door's just shut. Is there any activity going on inside? Yeah, you can hear there is a a woman's voice, you know, Scott's accent, who is basically teaching the kids some simple arithmetic. She is running through through times tables at the moment. So you hear the Scottish accent. Make an insight check. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds just like my Bill McDonald. Oh, can I can I just point out that even though I am half Scottish and I spent a long time living in Scotland, I am not going to attempt a Scots accent for this because my Scots accent fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, I'm leaning into Bill McDonald. <laughs> uh, can I go to the classroom where I heard the voices? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If if Mary goes to the doorway, th- there is this woman. She's dressed in a you know fairly stiff-looking black dress. She's got grey hair tied back in a bun. She's got fairly severe-looking wireframe glasses on. Uh, She's holding a book, and you can see just the title on the spine is Basic Arithmetic. Uh, She's writing stuff up on a chalkboard, and there are only a dozen kids in the class, if that, sitting there at these desks, copying down their times tables on these slates. as, As she's, you know, running through... Yeah, and, and what's eight times nine? She looks around. Who are you, then? Are, are, are you... Are you that Mulesworth woman? Yes, Mary Mulesworth, and this is my daughter Maggie. Are you Mrs. Alexander? Ah, well, ch- children, yeah, just just carry on, carry on with the, the times tables. And, and yes, yes, well, I, I must talk with, with uh, Mrs. Mulesworth here. And... She walks out into the corridor with you. Can you give me a d6 roll just to see whether you notice something? I rolled a six. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, one thing that you notice very strongly is even though it's, it's, you know, not even 11 o'clock in the morning yet, I, that this woman stinks of booze. 
Um, there, you know, it's not not just booze. I mean, you can, you know, on a six, you can tell that she smells of gin. She smells like she's been marinated in the stuff. Uh, her, <laughs> her eyes are red and bloodshot. And yeah, there is this. Yeah, actually, on a six, you you pick up on the fact that she is not just drunk, but she seems to be really kind of frightened or ill at ease and even as she's speaking to you she's looking back these nervous unconscious glances back into the classroom and on that you see that yeah she's not just looking into the classroom but she seems to be looking at one particular girl there's a a girl sitting in the back corner while everyone else is is sitting there writing these times tables out in their slates She's sitting there and she's got this book in her hands so you can't see what it is and she's just basically turning over the pages just as if skimming through the book. I I, I wasn't sure when you were starting. Are you you ready to start now? Do do you know what you're teaching? Are, Are you ready to take some of the children? I suppose I could start, but I don't know exactly what kind of help you need. There aren't many children here. Well, you're a teacher, aren't you? You're a teacher. You can teach them. I, yeah, if, if I split the class in half, you can take her. Yeah, maybe if you take the older girls, take the older girls, and then I'll, I'll take the younger ones. They need more work anyway. I'll, I'll give the older ones to you. You can take them to the other classroom. There's chalk and there's slates in there. And, yeah, I, 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 yes, I, 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 teach them whatever you want. I, I, you're American, aren't you? So don't teach them spelling. But um, <laughs> get your digs in wherever you can. <laughs> but but yes, teach them anything else. Uh, yes, are, are you ready to start then? I, the, the, this one's yours then. I, yes, I suppose she can be with the older ones. Are you, are you all right having her in your class? I, I, I'm sure I, I, I can teach her if you want with the younger ones if she's a bit slow. I, she leans down for a moment and you know, with this boozy breath looks in Maggie's face and says, Are you slow, child? Are you slow? <laughs> I'm fine with taking the older girls, Mrs. Alexander, and Maggie can stay with me. She's not slow. If you say so, you know best. Probably. Mary's going to teach mythos to the students. <laughs> uh, well, Mrs. Alexander goes back into the room and says, boys and girls, um, all of you who are, oh, I, don't, I don't know, shall we say eight? Yeah, eight or older. Yeah, come with me. Um, the, 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 this is Mrs. Mulesworth. She'll be teaching you now. Uh, she, she points at the girl in the back, who, yeah, it looks like she's probably about uh, Maggie's age. Just points at her and says, that, that, that means you too, Lizzie Erskine. Come on. And uh, about five of the kids, including this one with the book in the back, get up. Um, they're looking a bit confused. They're shuffling around. You know, with that, they, they file into the other room. And Mrs. Alexander looks at you and says, uh, I'll leave you to it then. And she goes into the other classroom and shuts the door. Okay. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, to Alex giving an entire children's class on this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex, what's the uh, lesson plan for today? We will now play four of the children that are in this classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Just screaming at you and punching each other. <laughs> How many students are in here in my class? There's five plus Maggie, so six total. And the strange girl with a book is in here? Oh, yes. Yeah. The, the one you heard referred to as Lizzie Erskine has 
gone straight to the back of the class with six kids in there and there's, you know, 20 seats in here. So, you know, she's gone straight to the back, a few rows behind all the others, and she's just sitting at the back corner. She gets her book out again and just starts going through it. Uh, The other kids all kind of scatter around the rest of the classroom a bit, but sit down. And, yeah, almost immediately, they, um, yeah, one of them, you know, little boy is putting his hand up. Uh, Miss, miss, you sound funny. Where do you come from? I come from America. What's your name? Billy. Billy. Why don't we go around the class and ask everybody's names? Okay, well, this is revenge on the GM. Ask him to come up with a half dozen NPC names. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll also need a backstory and a physical description for each of you. <laughs> if we assume they all said their names, I want to know how Lizzie responds to me. Yeah, I mean, they, they all go around. They all introduce themselves. Lizzie doesn't say anything to you. She's just there, just flicking through the pages on her book. She doesn't look up. She's goth. <laughs> she's emo. <laughs> yeah, like I say, I mean, she looks like she's about eight years old. She's fairly smartly dressed in a well-starched dress. Her hair is kind of sandy brown, you know, neat, tight in a ponytail. And, yeah, she seems completely oblivious to everything that's going on around her. Mary's going to walk to the back of the classroom so that she doesn't embarrass her. Excuse me, little girl? She just looks up at you. Her face is fairly expressionless, and she just looks at you with uninterested eyes. Like a doll's eyes. (laughs) And says, uh, what what is it that you want? What's your name? I'm, I'm Lizzie. Lizzie Erskine. Hi, Lizzie. I'm Mrs. Mulesworth. Why are you sitting all the way back here? Would you, do you want me to sit somewhere else? I think you might like it better if you were sitting toward the front of the classroom. Do I have to? No, you don't. And, yeah, as soon as you say that, she looks back down at her book and starts flicking through the pages again. Can I get a good look at that book now? Yeah, I mean, you can see now that you're you're talking to her, I mean, you can't see the spine of the book. But the pages, you know, what, what's on the pages? This isn't a primary school book. This looks like some kind of advanced mathematics textbook. Hmm, I'm not sure what I want to do. Walk back to the front of the class and get hit with that spitball that you've earned. (laughs) (laughs) You earned. I mean, all all the kids are, they're not kind of overtly watching you, obviously with the exception of Maggie, who's watching with interest, but it's more like they're, they're casting nervous glances back at you and Lizzie. Well, the nervous glances seem to be reserved for Lizzie. Is there a way for Mary to talk to Lizzie without embarrassing her in front of the whole class? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's up to you. I mean, you could talk to her now, you could wait until... And it's, it's probably only going to be about an hour until uh, everyone breaks for, for lunch. So you might be able to talk to her privately then, if that's what you prefer. It's up to you. You're, you're the teacher. I think I'll wait for lunchtime. Let's do that. Okay. Well, I, I mean, you are a teacher, so I'm, I'm assuming that at least for an hour, you know, particularly with you making introductions to the rest of the class and, you know, just learning a bit about where they're up to, you can probably bullshit your way through an hour and, you know, just, um, <laughs> you know, stall for time. Yeah, let's kill some time. 
Now we'll just do the re- that for the rest of the semester. <laughs> <laughs> she brings out the TV on a cart and they watch <laughs> Sword in the Stone. <laughs> <laughs> but but it comes it comes to about noon and then you know you hear from the other classroom Mrs. Alexander just ringing some kind of handheld bell and you know certainly the kids in the other class particularly as they're younger ones you know with a yell of excitement to run outside and start running out into the playground the bell was a gin bottle with a coin in it <laughs> <laughs> does lizzie leave with them well, I mean, the kids are all looking at you, waiting to be dismissed. Ah, uh, okay. All right, class, you're dismissed for lunch. And and with that, I mean, they, they get up, and with the exception of, of Maggie and Lizzie, gets up more slowly than everyone else, so and the others, you know, just about run out, and Maggie's sort of hovering around. Lizzie, may I speak to you for a moment? Uh-huh. If you want to. Well, we just moved here to Collingston, Lizzie, and this is my little girl, Maggie. I'd like to learn more about you and your family. She she looks at Maggie and just sort of looks her up and down and looks back at you. Can you tell me about your family? I, I have a family. What, what do you want to know about my family? What do your parents do while you're at school? My father runs the village shop and my mother my mother is an invalid oh I'm so sorry she doesn't react can I see anything else going on with her oh, no, you can see now that she's you know she's holding the book half tucked under her her arm and you can see from the spine that um, it's it, the, the title of it is uh, intermediate integral calculus Mary points at the book and says, That seems like an advanced book for someone your age. Why do you say that? I don't know any eight-year-olds who understand intermediate calculus. Maggie certainly doesn't. Not because she's slow, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie's not going to Ole Miss, by the way. <laughs> okay, calm down. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, L- Lizzie looks at you and says... Do you have more questions for me? Not if you don't want me to ask any more questions. And, yeah, she doesn't respond to that and just starts walking outside. Maggie, you know, sort of tugs on your sleeve and says, uh, Mommy, can I go out and play with the other kids? That's fine, sweetie. Go ahead. Okay. And and with that, she runs outside. You, you can see, you know, Mrs. Alexander sort of half watching all of this. And then she goes over to the other door, the one that was shut, and she pulls a key out of her pocket and she unlocks it. And she goes inside, and then you hear the sound of the door locking again. Mary walks over to that door and lightly knocks on it a few times. You hear the sound of a desk drawer hurriedly being shut, and then she says, Oh, one minute, and she goes up and she, she unlocks the door again. And, you know, she, she opens it up and you, you can smell a fresh blast of gin breath. <laughs> uh, see, yeah, so, yeah. She did go to Ole Miss. Yeah, see? <laughs> this woman is a delight. <laughs> Mrs. Alexander, I'm sorry to bother you on a break. I just have some questions about one of my students. Come in, I suppose. Uh, 
and she, and she goes in and she sits fairly heavily down in a chair at, at a desk there. There are actually two desks in here. The other one doesn't have anything on it. And this chair, wooden chair there that you can sit on. No, she doesn't invite you to do so, but she she doesn't seem particularly interested. As a good American, you're going to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take a seat. <laughs> this girl in my class, Lizzie, she was reading a calculus book and she doesn't really seem to fit in with the other children. How well do you know her? <sighs> oh, that, that's... That's not as easy a question as, as you might think, uh, Mrs. Mulesworth. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know if, if anyone really knows Lizzie. I, I've tried speaking to her parents about her, and, well... I... She, she's a strange one. She, she's definitely a strange one. But she must be smart. She's reading advanced mathematics, right? Yes, I, she she always has a new book. I, she she gets them sent over from the university. Um, I, I I really don't know why she comes here. I mean, she I think she's too old for all this, isn't she? But she's eight years old, right? Yes, yes, of course she's, of course she's eight, of course she's eight, <laughs> of course she's eight. <laughs> when she said she's too old for this, was old capitalized? <laughs> <laughs> like she's an elder. <laughs> Why do I feel like there's something you're not telling me, Mrs. Alexander? There are some things you you may learn for yourself. There are some things that that when you learn, you may wish that you'd, you'd never learned. I, I, the, the, God knows there are things that I wish I'd never learned. Look, I, it's it's probably a bad idea for the children to be out there unsupervised. Why, why don't you go out there and look at them and and, and just leave me, leave me here, please. And I, if there's, if there are any questions that, that you have, I, I, I don't know, maybe we can... Maybe we can talk about them later. <laughs> That's fine. I can tell you we're in the middle of something. I'll go check on the children. <laughs> okay, and, and you know, just as you stand up, you hear the sound of a girl screaming from outside in pain. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, actually, you know, it's not just a girl. You can hear it's Maggie screaming in pain. And that seems like a very good point to cut over to what uh, Ollie and Bill are doing. Am I right in thinking that you were heading to the surgery first? Is that right? Or were you going somewhere else? I'll let, I'll let Bill decide here. Yeah, I was going to take Bill to see Dr. Boswell, but while we're here, we may as well check out the surgery. And Boswell's directions to his house were vague, so maybe we can find his address inside? Then, yeah, you go over to the surgery and there's, uh, you know, it is basically, you know, just like a house, but obviously one that's been adapted to a doctor's surgery. Yeah, you you fish through the keys that Dr. Boswell gave you and after a few tries and a few keys that don't seem to (laughs) fit any kind of lock you've ever seen. Make a roll for that. I'm going to make sure if you see if you can fail on that one. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, no, you you do eventually get in. And... <laughs> the key breaks off in the lock. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the office, I mean, it's it's divided up into you know a little reception area, and there is you know the doctor's surgery itself, and you know it's a fairly old-fashioned. Um, fairly basic. There is also a, a records room. Um, it doesn't seem like this place has been used for a while. I mean, there is a thin patina of dust over everything, and again, it smells a bit musty. It doesn't seem like old Bob has been here for a while. It seems like he's been making house calls. Hmm. I'll, I'll go. I'll go ahead and take a look around here and see what see what we can see. I'm gonna go actually go flip through some of the waiting room magazines. <laughs> yeah, they, there are um, there are some farmer's almanacs and stuff like that, but that's pretty much it. Hmm. Well, then I'm, I'm actually going to, if that's the case, I'm actually going to dip out and uh, go see if I can. Is there anything around the surgery? What I, I forget what you said. Is there like a like a bar around here or, so, or like like a like a place where farmers do farmer stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, the closest is, I mean, the, the two, well, rather the three buildings that stand out that you can see from here. Um, I mean, there's plenty of buildings that just look like people's homes. But across the road, there is, you know, a, a village shop that has a sign uh, in the window saying post office. Hmm. If it's anything like the American post office, you can buy stuff from there. I think that's right. Back in the 1890s, I think you could go buy like cattle, cattle and whatnot. I, I don't know. I'm, but <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and assume that's the case, and uh, oh, okay. assume that oh, just this is just like America, like an American, uh, <laughs> and uh, go head over to the post shop because I mean it's not that far away. Bill, oh hey Bill, yeah. I'm, I'm heading over to the post post office. If you need me, come come find me. Okay, lad. I'm going to have a look around and see what Dr. Boswell left about. <laughs> that sounds almost Indian. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Bill's insight is four, Scott, so he's going to be speaking in tongues soon. Uh, he, he, he has learned the true secrets of Aklo. So, yeah, uh, then uh, Ollie heads across to the village shop and, yeah, I mean, you go inside and it's it's not like a general store in America. I mean, this is smaller. The selection of stuff, I mean, they're, it's, it's not, you know, the kind of place where you'd go to buy feed and, uh, and cloth and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, there's a counter and they've got basic kind of foodstuffs on sale. Um, there is a post office counter. There's, yeah, some household goods. But, yeah, it's not like a full-blown yeah, Amer- American-style general store that you see out west. Well, like an American, I'm going to go in there and be loud and assume it's American. Well, hi there. Um, is there is there a place around is where where around here can I get some feed uh, and buy some cattle? The man behind the counter, he's a man who's probably in his mid fifties or so. He's slightly balding. He's got grey hair. Uh, he's he's dressed in a, a tweed suit, and he just looks at you and blinks. Uh, sorry, you what now, laddie? Uh, I, I need, I'm, I'm going to need some, uh, cattle around here. And, uh, uh, where, where in this post office can I, can I sign up to get some feed? 
Oh, well, we could find, you know, we, we could send over to Galashiels and get some feed sent over to you. I, you know, I can... Gal what? I can make... Galashiels, it's it's the next town over. Hmm. All right. Uh, is, is there nowhere even in this town that I could get something like that? No, we'll get it in from Gala. It's not far away. Oh, oh all right. Is, is there a way I can sign up for that? Yes, yes, I can make the arrangements for you. Yes, just tell me what you want, laddie. Then uh, let's let's go ahead and do that. And uh, also, while while we're at it, do you have like a a book on time in Scotland? <laughs> Stuff around here is weird. <laughs> he just looks at you in complete incomprehension. No, I'm at I'm at three. So I mean, I'm talking nonsense here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean uh, when you when you walk into those forests, man, that time just just seems to slip through your fingers. Oh, what, you've, you've been out to Hobbswood, have you? Have what? Hobbswood, the, the the old woodland on the outskirts of town. You've been sure. there, have you? Yes, sir. Oh, you you must be from, yes, that that, that family that's uh, that, that's moved into Linty Farm. Yeah, no, no, yeah, we, we just we just moved on out here. Uh, ah. Gonna try farming. I mean, I have a farm. My name's Old McDonald. I have a farm. He's been waiting this entire time for that. Scott, add one insight for that. <laughs> uh, yes. On that farm, I was hoping to have some cow. <laughs> he earned it. Uh. <laughs> Certainly the man behind the counter is just standing there patiently waiting for the punchline. <laughs> E-I-E-I-O So yes, yes I uh, Just let me know what you want And uh, I can make the orders and get it delivered for you And uh, yes, we can, we can arrange the bill Well, thumbing through all Ollie Oh Ollie, thumbing through the, uh, the Farmer's Almanac Is kind of like, alright, this looks good Like, I could get some of these Not really knowing what it takes to be a farmer At all just kind of, yeah, okay. Corn sounds nice. In, in in Scotland, not knowing if I can get corn there, just seeing in the farmer's oh, almanac, yeah. it says corn. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds like something I know. Um, let's go ahead and grab some scratching his chin. Mm, got some sheep around here. Uh, I, can, I bet I could raise some sheep. Uh, well, well for, for livestock, you'd be best off talking to some of the other farmers. I can make some introductions, and maybe they can sell you some livestock. But uh, hmm. I, I can arrange. I can arrange for feed and seeds and any other supplies you might need. But I, I, I just don't do livestock, laddie. And, and, and what would you know? Hey, is there anybody around here who could help me clear some of the Hobbs woods? And yeah, he he pales a little bit there, and. Uh, you, you don't want to be doing that, laddie. Well, well, why, why not? You, you'll think me a silly old man, but uh, you're best off staying out of those woods, and you certainly don't want to go around chopping down any of those trees. Uh, you see, we, we have some old beliefs around here. Uh, you'll, you'll think them silly and superstitious, but... Uh, Try me. They're... Oh, I don't know. Um, how much? How much do you know about fairies? Well, uh, uh fairies. Um, 
Would Americans in this era know about fairies, Scott? I don't know how many of them would have made it over to the U- U.S., but there was a real kind of surge in fairy tales. There are things that live in the woods that you you really don't want to make angry. All right. Well, n- noted. Um, you know where I'm from. We don't really, you know, you know, expansion is sort of what we do. So these fairies can. Pardon my French, right? Fuck off. He looks affronted at that. Uh, well, well, we'll be having none of that language here, sir. Apologies, my French. I, I will. I will take your your notice into mind next time we go into that forest. I hope he realized I said next time. Who else should I talk to around here about you know farming stuff? What you probably best do, laddie, is go down to the Wee Man, uh, perhaps tonight, and so the, the Wee Man, the, the the pub, the pub. Down oh, okay, okay. Go go down to the Wee Man, and then some of the local farmers will be there, and you know, if if you introduce yourself, and perhaps if you're a bit nicer to them than you were to me, they might want to sell you some livestock. <laughs> well, sir, I didn't, I didn't mean to offend you in any way. But sounds good. Well, thank you so much for the help here. Um, when should I be expecting the supplies that I ordered? Well, I'll send a I'll send a boy over to Galashiels to place the order for you, and it, it shouldn't be more than a day or two. Sounds great. I'll, I'll go ahead and and wait. Go outside of Bills and see if Bills ready to go. Well, j- before you go, he I mean the man you know raises his hand just. One last question, sir, if you'll, you, you'll humor me. Oh, of course. He says, uh, do you have any children? Myself, no. Oh, good, good, good. Why is that good, sir? And I, I didn't catch your name, by the way, I'm sorry. He, he, he says, oh, yes, of course. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Erskine. He says, uh, no, it's just... These fairies take a special interest in these children? Well, let's just say that, that Linty Farm is is no place for children. But it's good that you don't have any. I'll keep that in mind. Good day. Not going to mention the one we do have. <laughs> <laughs> what a shit uncle you are. Well, I mean, like, what am, I, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? You could say, well, we do have a kid living there. It's just not mine. <laughs> Unless you said that because you don't trust this guy, then you're just being a good uncle. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that, Alex. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Yes, yeah, since y'all since y'all brought brought such clarity, the voices in my mind uh, <laughs> have reminded me that I do live with a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a child God. that was traumatized in the woods. <laughs> Mr. Ever- Everly, was it? Everly, was it? Erskine. Erskine. I, I do ha- we do ha- live with a child. I don't have one myself, but we do live with a child. My, my, my niece. Is there a reason? Is it dangerous? As you say that, I mean, he, he closes his eyes, he sighs, and he, he looks pained for a moment. And then, you know, he, he opens up his eyes and 
he gives you what seems like a, a pretty empty smile and says, Oh, don't pay any attention to me, laddie. I, sorry, I, I, I do, I, I do blather on sometimes. Uh, do I trust that him saying don't trust me? Ah, uh, well, give me a roll. Three, so... Actually, I think it would be interesting if we failed this one, so I'm going to roll against you. <laughs> I rolled a three as well, so you still succeed. Yeah, I mean, you... Yeah, you definitely don't trust his change of heart there. I mean, he... Yeah, it was that, it was that sudden change of... Hope you don't have a child, too. No, it's pretty awesome you have a child. <laughs> um, all right, well, thank you, Mr. Erskine. Erskine. <laughs> well, we'll keep that in mind. And I, again, good day. And I walk, and I walk out. And I, and I go see it, Bill, if, if Bill is ready to go. I, I mean, as you walk out, I mean, just from the corner of your eye, you, you, you see him sitting down fairly heavily on the stool behind the counter and just burying his face in his hands. But yeah, let's cut back to Bill. So Bill was poking around the office that he has taken over from Dr. Boswell. The surgical side of things, or, you know, the actual doctor's office, the surgery itself, seems to be okay. Like I say, it's a bit old-fashioned, the instruments and equipment that he's left there are, yeah, not exactly cutting edge and, um, you know, some of them could do with replacing but, yeah, it's not terrible but when you poke around the records, uh, just to see what you've you've inherited there in the little office, in the records office, there's a few shelves of these ledger books yeah, give, give me a roll to see whether you notice something Wow, I rolled a six. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean a five. (laughs) (laughs) At least maybe the information will help them after I'm insane. Well, so uh, you go through the ledgers and, yeah, I mean, there are patient records. They're written in this, you know, very neat handwriting. You know, particularly neat for a doctor. Fairly meticulous records broken down by patient as you're flicking through, you notice that there are a number of pages that have been ripped out. They've been ripped out quite neatly. He's obviously gone through with a ruler or something like that and carefully kind of torn them out. And, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, you think at first they're just pages that had mistakes on them and he was tidying up. But you become convinced that actually what's happened is he has removed a number of patient records, and from the way they're laid out, they seem to be family records, or at least part of family records. So, for example, you see the records there for Callum and Moira Erskine, and there is a further set of pages that seems to have been removed there. You see a set of records for Alec Thorburn, And again, some pages seem to have been removed there as well. You see some records for a man called Ian Wayne, and some pages have been removed there. And from the pages that have been removed behind Ian Wayne's records, he's obviously slipped up slightly there, and there's been 
just a little bit of one of the pages that's been ripped out has been left there. And there's just one word that you can make out written there. And that word is Maeve. And I'm just trying to remember who knows what here. Bill has heard that name, correct? Yes. Yeah, I mean, certainly afterwards when Maggie was talking about the new friend she'd made in the woods, she talked about Maeve. Okay, and knowing that Maeve is a child, from the way the ledgers are organized, can Bill tell if all the missing pages belong to children? Or if there are any other obvious commonalities? From the layout of them and the way the other family records are put together, you would assume that every one of the records that's been excised refers to a child. Is this all in one ledger? Is this something Bill can take with him? No, I mean, it's not a single ledger, but, you know, they're spread across a few ledgers. But, but you know, there's, by the time you identify them, you pick out about a half dozen ledgers where this is the case. With the altered ledgers in hand, Bill wants to see if he can look around and find Dr. Boswell's home address. Maybe on some old letters? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's there and you get a street name and a street number and... You don't recognize it, but on the other hand, there really aren't that many streets in Cullingston, so you reckon it'd probably take you about five minutes to find it. Bill's going to see if he can track down Ole now so they can pay Dr. Boswell that visit and ask about these missing pages. Well, first of all, let's cut back to Zeke, because (laughs) he hasn't been getting enough love lately. (laughs) He's really just now rolling out of bed. Uh, so, yeah, you, you get out of bed and things are really quite quiet around Linty Farm. It's a nicer day today. The sun's out. There isn't any drizzle. You can hear the sound of sheep bleating off in the distance. There's a warm, well, what passes for a warm breeze in Scotland blowing in over the fields with a, a smell of grass and flowers and yeah it it is really quite lovely and pastoral Zeke has put on just the barest minimum of acceptable clothing to walk around outside (laughs) on this (laughs) uh on this property he's got a uh he's got a cup of tea it's uh not really his thing but they have not located any coffee yet in uh Scotland so (laughs) a cup of tea is not his cup of tea (laughs) yeah He is going to wander around to the various outbuildings and he's looking to see what sort of farm implements or things that may help their farming may exist. Not that he would have the faintest idea what to do with any of them. Yeah, I mean, there are some implements out here. Yeah, I mean, it's less the kind of equipment that you'd find on a working farm and more the kind of equipment you'd find to manage a large garden. So, yeah, you reckon if you're going to scale up to proper farming, then, yeah, in your inexpert opinion, you're going to have to go shopping. Okay. Still, he pulls out an old rusted garden hoe and sort of hefts it like, (laughs) yes, this will do the trick. (laughs) Yes, yes. You can hoe the bloody hell out of something with that. So, yeah. 
And then he's still carrying his garden hoe. He's just going to sort of wander the grounds. He's trying to get the lay of the land. He didn't get a good eye on the entire property since he was sort of frantically looking for Maggie and then sort of going insane later in the day (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) He's not avoiding the woods, but he is giving them an eye like he doesn't know about that. Actually, this would be a very good opportunity for you to give me a d6 roll. Okay. Just to see whether you notice something. That's a one, so I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There is something nagging away at the back of your mind. I mean, it's not just the woods, but there is something about this place that just seems off, and you can't quite put your finger on it. You just have this feeling that there's something missing, and you can't quite work out what it is. I would like to add my insight die to that. Fantastic. This is what we want to hear. Uh, And that is a five. And the other one's still a one. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so give me an insight roll as well, because your insight die did come up high. Uh, Three, which ties my current insight. In which case, your insight stays the same. Okay. But yeah, so five. Yeah, that, that tells you everything you need to know. On your way here, this is spring, and the world is very much coming alive here. Certainly in the fields further on, you see butterflies flitting around, and the occasional dragonfly. On on your trip here, you you certainly heard lots of birdsong. But here, here in the farm, even just on the edge of the woods... It occurs to you that, yeah, this is all very quiet, very silent. Hmm. Almost dead. And I have walked up to the edge of the woods again, correct? Yes. But it's not just there. It occurs to you that even just around the farm, you haven't heard any birdsong there. Just even on the grounds, you barely see any butterflies or flies or anything like that flitting around. Um, okay. I'm actually going to temporarily retreat from the woods, not feeling great (laughs) about that alone. But I've got that nagging feeling and that something is wrong with this place and I need to investigate this house in a way of I'm looking for things that are not right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you poke around the house itself, and and honestly, there isn't too much weird. But I guess if you're poking around the outbuildings and yeah, I mean, yeah, g- give me give me a roll. <laughs> That's another five. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there, in one of the the patches of ground that you thought might be a vegetable patch, you can see that there is a bit of ground that's raised. I mean, it's probably nothing too unusual, but there's just something about the size and shape of it and the way that the earth is raised that, you know, just... 
gives you that little itch between your shoulder blades. And in order to scratch that itch, I am going to do a little bit of exploration with that garden hoe that I've been carrying around. Okay. And with that, you start digging and digging and digging. And eventually it probably occurs to you that you'd probably be better off getting a spade because a hoe is a terrible <laughs> implement for digging your teeth. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk back to the shed and see if I can find something a little more. He, he, gets, a spoon, he gets a spoon out of the kitchen and just goes to town. These are the shittiest farmers that you'll ever encounter. Yeah. <laughs> Six days later. And, and you dig down and eventually, yeah, you hit something solid. Well, you hit something solid a few times, but it's stones, but eventually you hit something solid, and it's not a stone. And yeah, there underneath it, you can see a fairly long, yellowish bone. Huh. I would like to excavate enough of this bone to hopefully convince myself that it is some sort of livestock. You excavate enough of it that yeah, I mean, it, it could be an animal bone. It's not necessarily a human bone, but in the process of doing that, you partially excavate another bone. And this time, there's no getting away from it. This is a human pelvis. And not a big one. Okay. Um. It's a wee man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good point to cut away from Zeke and cut back to Mary. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get some other action in before Zeke dies. Before he goes crazy and kills everyone. <laughs> so Mary had heard the sound of Maggie screaming outside, and I assume was running out to see what was what was happening. What happened, Maggie? Yeah, I mean, you got into the playground, and the tableau that faces you is the kids are all quiet now. They're, they're in a semicircle on the edge of the playground. They've all stepped back. And they're close to the school building itself. There are only two figures there. There's Maggie, who's lying on the ground, her arm at a funny angle. And there's Lizzie Erskine standing beside her. Lizzie looks up at you as you, you kind of run over to see what's going on. And she just looks at you with, without any real expression and says, I think I broke her. And then she walks off. Maggie, honey, what's wrong? Maggie. Yeah, Ma Maggie's lying there on the ground. Like I say, her, her right arm is at a funny angle. And it, she's clutching her shoulder and she's just crying, almost screaming in pain. Mary looks around at the other children and asks... Did anyone see what happened to Maggie? The other kids look at you and they look round at, at Lizzie and they look at the ground and they shuffle their feet. It's fine. Lizzie was just testing something she read about angles and radians in her book. <laughs> Mary's going to pick up Maggie and try to run her over to um, the surgery to find her dad. Okay. It takes a couple of attempts to do so in a way that doesn't seem to make the problem worse. And, yeah, you, you carry her across the road, and just as Bill is stepping out of the house to go looking for Dr. Boswell, you can see 
Mary running over towards you, looking, you know, quite pale and anxious, carrying the screaming form of Maggie in her arms. Maddie, what happened? What is it, lass? I don't know. I was teaching a class, and there was a strange girl, and Maggie started screaming from the playground, and I don't know what happened, but I think she did it. Maggie? Maggie! Here, Mary. Let me take a look at her. Can Bill then intercept Maggie from Mary and lay her down on the ground to examine her? Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you are literally just outside the doctor's surgery, so there are some more. <laughs> I mean, there are some more comfortable places you could lay here. So dirt isn't necessarily the best surface, is what you're saying. <laughs> Again, 1890s sanitation is <laughs> optional. Yes. Then Bill's going to take Maggie from Mary's arms and run with her inside the surgery. Okay. And then he sets her down on an examination table. Okay, yeah. And and you take a look. I mean, give me a 2d6 roll. Okay. Different kind of result this time. I have a four on my regular and a one on my occupation. Yeah, I mean, four is more than good enough. Yeah, you reckon that uh, her right arm is dislocated. It's been pulled right out of the shoulder socket. Yeah, Bill's going to slowly pull on Maggie's wrist and forearm until that shoulder relocates. This is going to hurt a little, Maggie. Wait, maybe we can find something to dull the pain a bit. There is there is some ether. Okay. Some of uh, Zeke's tonic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to let Maggie huff some of that ether. You can numb the pain with the uh, the ether, uh, knock her out, and then, yeah, I won't make you roll again. I mean, we'll just treat this as part of the same roll. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, you, 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 with a bit of manipulation, you manage to pop the, uh, the arm back in its socket without clamping on any blood vessels in the process. And Bill turns to everyone with a beaming look of pride, having done that successfully. <laughs> Maddie, what the hell happened? I told you, there's something wrong at the school. There's something wrong with a the girl there. I don't know. What do you mean? Actually, that might be a very. Th- this might be a very good time for uh, Ollie to to come back as he was walking across the road as well, wasn't he? Just what we need. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to to leave, and then, but I guess I see him come out. Yeah, I mean, you, you've you've seen. Mary carrying Maggie into the surgery and, you know, obviously things are fraught. I'll just assume I was there and as I see him put her arm back in, I throw up. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, it just... <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there is uh, a nice chamber pot in the corner you mm. can puke your guts into. <laughs> ah, clean that up. Grow a spine, lad. <laughs> And we should assume Maggie's going to be out for a little while. Yeah, she's probably only going to be out for about another 10 minutes or so, but she'll probably be groggy and out of it for a while. Okay, then Bill is going to press Mary for more information. Tell me more about this girl. I don't know much about her. Her name's Lizzie Erskine, and she was moved into my class. The other teacher seems scared of her. This girl was reading a calculus book, and she's only eight years old. At least she looks eight years old. And it doesn't make any sense. Her father works around here at the village shop, but something's not right, Dad. Dad, you said you grew up here. 
You heard anything about stuff like this going on when you grew up here? Is this usual for Scotland? Is this what they do? Put <laughs> a head out of your arse, lad. <laughs> I said Lizzie Erskine and her dad work at the village shop, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, drag your pukey body over there and get that guy. <laughs> I'm just saying you can tell us what you know about her dad. Wait, was that was that Mr. Eversley? Erskine. Or- Erskine. God, I cannot remember that guy's name. Erskine. <laughs> wait, is what, the post office? No, hold up. Uh, wait, which which one of you has been huffing ether? <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well, well, I mean, Mr. Erskine. Um, I'm guessing you said Lizzie Erskine. Yeah, Mr. Erskine. Uh, Erskine, Erskine. Where have I heard that? You mean Everly? Okay, uh, yeah, no, I, I just talked with him. Um, he was saying stuff about f- nonsense about fairies and saying that we have a child that's not good for the farm. His, well, I don't know. Get your wits about you, son. Well, I just got done puking, so um, he he was mentioning stuff about fairies in the forest. He talked about the forest. He was talking about fairies and fairy tales and you know what? The more I stay here, the more I start to believe him. How old was Mr. Erskine, would you say? How old did he look? He was an old man, right? Yeah, you reckon probably mid-50s, maybe older. Mid, mid-50s, maybe older? So the voice in my head? <laughs> The teacher, the drunk teacher, said Lizzie's eight, but she seems so much older to me. She was standing next to Maggie after she screamed and said, I think I broke her. There's something very wrong here, not just with Lizzie, but with this entire town. We need to figure it out and we need to go. And Bill, just to give you a peek inside his head, he's familiar with fairies having grown up here in Scotland, and he's even a little frightened of them. But he's not connecting that in any way to the dislocated shoulder. No. But actually, I mean, that's a good point. As as Bill did at least spend his childhood here. Yeah, this is late Victorian period. And when people think of Victorian fairies and, you know, this kind of stuff the rest of you might have heard. The kind of fairy tales that propagated out of Victorian England particularly portray fairies as being very nice. They're, you know, little sprites, they're flower fairies, they're Tinkerbell, they're they're cute things. Scottish fairy tales, not so much. Uh, The fairy tales you grew up with, you know, are things like, you know, the red caps, which will, you know, uh, cut you open and use your blood to dye their caps red. And, you know, monstrosities that lurk under the bed like raw head and bloody bones. Yeah, the tatty bogles, which would lurk out in the field, looking like scarecrows, and they'd just drag you down beneath the earth to devour you. The cruel little creatures like the boggarts, which will just torment you. Yeah, fairies, they take you off to Elfland, and they make you their prisoner if you're lucky. Those are the good ones. The bad ones, they just eat you. That's those are the fairy tales you grew up with. Being a child in Scotland, what a joy! Yeah, no wonder, no wonder you turned out the way you are. <laughs> Boy, go fetch this man from the shop straight away. Bring him here. Yes, sir. No, I'll head on out. 
I, I'm happy to get away from from that. And I go I go back over to the post office. Knock knock. And open up. Mr. Erskine is back there and Ah, you're back again then, I Mr. Erskine, your daughter uh has uh, j- just as soon as you say your daughter, you can just see this look of oh fuck across <laughs> his face. Your daughter and my niece had a, a bit of a disagreement on the playground. Oh. Uh would you mind coming with me? Yeah, uh, but Erskine nods and he shouts upstairs and says, uh, Maura, dear, I'm... Lizzie's in trouble. Don't, don't, don't worry yourself. I'll be back soon. I'll, I'll lock up the shop. I'll, I'll take care of everything. Just, just you rest, you rest. And, yeah, he, he, I mean, as, as he opens the door, uh, you can smell, yeah, the, the, the smell of kind of stale sweat and sickness. Uh, drifting down, and then he closes the door to the the upstairs part and says, "All right, let's let's get going." And while we're walking over there, I say, "Mr. Erskine, do you know what in the world's coming over your daughter? Be pulling pulling kids' arms out like that?" So when you ask about his daughter, he yeah, you know, his his shoulders slump, and. He says, uh, she can be, she can be a difficult girl. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just walk. I'm just going to watch him. Okay, and you're, what, leading him across the surgery, are you? Yes. Just across the street, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he, he walks with the sort of solemn gait of the condemned man over to the the surgery and follows you in. Sir, you you said the farm wasn't safe. Did you also mean the town? I I, I don't know what to tell you, laddie. And, yeah, he he goes inside and kind of looks around and sees the unconscious form of Maggie lying on the table and, you know, the, the other two standing there, I assume, looking quite concerned. And he says, uh, I hear my girl's been causing trouble. I, I am so, so very sorry. I I don't know what I can do to make it up to you. I, uh, uh, pl- please just accept my apologies. Your daughter? I wouldn't mind having a word with her. <sighs> well, what, what do you hope to gain by that? Well, I'd like to know why she's running around ripping out her friend's arms. I don't think you'll get an answer from her that you like. I can tell you this. In all honesty, I cannot imagine that Lizzie wanted to hurt your daughter. It it was an accident. She has accidents. This is no accident. Do you know how much strength it takes to dislocate a shoulder? I do. I do. She pulled my arms out, too. That's why his shoulders were slumping. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Mary, you're the girl's teacher now. What should we do? Should we bring her over here? I don't think she's going to talk to you. 
but I do need to know more about her if I'm going to be her teacher. She doesn't talk. She just flips through a calculus book, and I mean, how can she even do calculus at her age? She's a very clever lass. Clever's an understatement. He just nods. If she can do calculus, if she's that advanced, there's nothing I can teach her. She... She likes the school. She likes to be around the other children. She finds it interesting. She doesn't even talk to the other children. She didn't interact even a little until she broke my daughter's arm. I think... I think the other children are afraid of her. I... I, I, I oh, can't yeah, do you think? <laughs> As I said, uh, she, she is a difficult wee thing. Maddie, Maddie... Your, your, your boss over there at school. I started to get New Jersey there. Your boss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your boss. <laughs> Should we speak with the other teacher over there? See what she knows. We can try, but I'd guess she's passed out drunk in her office. <laughs> ah, how I've missed Scotland. <laughs> I, I, as you mentioned that, Mr. Erskine just shakes his head sadly. <laughs> But it doesn't look very surprised. Has anything like this happened before, Mr. Erskine? Oh, well, why do you think the village elders wanted to invite another teacher to Cullingston? Uh, Mrs. Alexander has become a bit of a problem lately. Mrs. Alexander's the problem. Is it just the drinking, or is there something else? She doesn't seem quite right. She's been troubled recently. She's, uh, it's, it's just been in the last month or so, maybe a little bit longer, but she wasn't like this before. She, she's only been here for two years or so, but recently, yes, she's become a troubled old soul. All this sounds mighty interesting. I I do want to meet your daughter and see what ask her to the dance <laughs> <laughs> see what this girl knows about the fairies yeah he he doesn't look very happy about this but he reluctantly nods what is this obsession with fairies well mr Erskine you wanna you want to tell us what this is all about the fairies well, y- your lad here was saying about getting some men and chopping down the trees in, in Hobbs Wood, and we, you know, we, we don't do that. I mean, th- there are there are things out there. I mean, the things that we talk about when we talk about fairies and our, our old stories, whether you believe it or not, they live out there in those woods, and... You really do not want to make them angry. Does the name Maeve mean anything to you? Uh, She is one of the girls of the village. Though I think now she lives out in the woods. She lives in the woods? What the hell's going on around here? We need somebody sane to talk to. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're in the wrong fucking town. 
<laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our wolf pack at patreon.com slash slayed or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits, and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you, and good luck out there.